This is A Fresh Agenda. Conversations to connect your productivity and creativity and generate your deepest work. Here's your host, Christina Mendonza. This is A Fresh Agenda, where we chat with innovators, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders. I'm Christina Mendonza. Welcome to this tiny spot in the podcast universe. Glad to have you here for a while. This podcast is about having some deeper, more positive conversations on topics of creativity and motivation to explore how people create or build their business or innovate in their industry. It is episode number 73. And we're going to talk today to Valerie Burton, the founder of the Coaching and Positive Psychology Institute, or CAP. She is an international speaker on resilience and happiness. She's written 12 books, and her latest book is called It's About Time, The Art of Choosing. And it's very timely because we are getting into fall where things are ramping up for a lot of us. I know I have a full slate of fall projects with clients, some speaking engagements, stories I'd like to do, holiday plans I'd like to figure out, friends I'm trying to reconnect with. I'm still trying to figure out what to be for Halloween, for a Halloween party I'm going to. You have to think carefully about how you want to spend your time because it's limited, right? So when you feel like there are too many demands on your time and you just don't have room to breathe, A lot of times we start to feel resentful and you're not going to bring your best self to whatever you're doing if you're feeling resentful. In the last six months, um, I have been brutal about just hacking things out of my schedule that no longer suit me. I don't know if it was my recent empty nest hood or just a brutal spring schedule that I had going that had me make this pivot, but I came to the conclusion that there were several things in my life that used to matter a lot that just don't matter anymore. Self-care has been a priority so that I can bring my best work with iHeart and give my clients my best creative, innovative, and interesting ideas. And that's why this interview with Valerie falls at a very good time, I think, for all of us as we're going into this new season. So as you contemplate not only the season of fall, but what season you are in your own life right now, You sometimes need to listen to interviews like this, read books about making space in your life. A conversation with a good friend can help snap your priorities uh, back into place. What you don't want is you don't want tragedy to uh, get your priorities straight. A lot of times people wait for an illness or perhaps the death of someone close to you uh, to get their priorities back in place. So you definitely don't want to do that. So as you contemplate the seasons of your life, uh, you're going to hear her talk about things like time poverty. And this seems uh, like a very first world issue or first world kind of phrase. But without some reflection, you're really not going to be much good to you, your family, what you hope to achieve in your short time on earth. And when I say your short time, I mean all of us, our short times on earth. Uh, Before we get to Valerie, I want to tell you about my friend Dave from New Age Ariel. I recently did a project with uh, him in downtown Sacramento. I was so impressed. I needed some aerial coverage for a big announcement, a huge news conference on a current construction project in downtown Sacramento. It was actually for the uh, Safe Credit Union Convention Center down there. So Dave and his team showed up. They showed up early with two amazing drones. They gave me tons of gorgeous pictures of the construction site, the city. They captured the big announcement perfectly. They took care of all the licenses, the flight planning, the notifications that are required, all of that. So if you need still pictures or videos for your film project or real estate, HD, 4K, time lapse, whatever you need, Dave will exceed your expectations. Give him and his team a call or look him up online. That's New Age Aerial, 916-645-3474. 
916-645-3474 or newageariel.com. All right. Valerie Burton, she is a wife, a parent, an entrepreneur, an author, a speaker, a life coach. She is dedicated to helping people get unstuck and be unstoppable in every aspect of their lives. She will be in Sacramento in late October for a presentation. You'll hear us reference that. Enjoy my conversation with the dynamic and upbeat Valerie Burton. Valerie Burton joins me now, author of It's About Time, The Art of Choosing. Thank you so much for joining me. I think we all have so many choices these days. Talk to me about the art of choosing. What is the art of choosing? Well, you know, we have so many choices today with what to do with our time and constant digital distractions. And so for a lot of people, they find themselves making choices with their time. And when they look back, they realize it seemed like they were doing the things that were important. But in actuality, they were really missing out on the things that were really important. Right. I mean, you can just think of how many times you spend just endlessly scrolling uh, various social media platforms and pretty soon you look up and it's dinner time or it's time for bed or you've missed yeah. out on some opportunities to spend time with family. It's so easy to do and it's tragic. I mean, we have, you know, we have kids that are two and three years old telling their parents to get off of their phones. Um, and the truth is, and this isn't just about digital choices, but The digital world today is so strategic about trying to take up as much of your time as possible and collecting as much information to make sure that those ads are enticing, that your social media feed is enticing, that you can get everything instantly, and it can be easy to interact with that world and not pay attention to the people around you who really, really matter. And and it just sucks up a lot of your time as well. You find yourself saying, hey, I'm going to sit down and work on this project. And before you realize it, time has passed and you haven't been as productive as you needed to. Right. Well, as a coach and a thought leader on, on this topic, talk to me about your journey of discovering and the art of choosing in your life. When did you start to notice this? Uh, what were some of the first steps you took in your own journey? You know, I have always struggled with time, (laughs) Um, and it wouldn't have looked like it, you know, and and I go all the way back to being a kid, starting school early, um, always being praised for being fast, right? So finishing high school early, rushing through college, it was a part of my identity to do things um, quickly. Um, And what I had was an epiphany about two and a half years ago. I was sitting in an airport with a close friend of mine who's also a coach, (laughs) And I was talking about not having margin in my life, feeling Mm -hmm. like everything was just back to back to back. And my husband, being a commercial pilot, felt the same way. And we have three kids. And I said, you know, I was always the fastest. I've always, you know, done things quickly. And she said, and Valerie, what has that gotten you? And I had never asked that question of myself. And when I thought about it, it made me sad because... I realized that it hadn't gotten me much, at least not much that was meaningful. Um, and so my husband and I decided that we were going to start doing some experiments with our time, that you know, time was flying by way too quickly for us. And so we started doing very simple things. My husband started dropping trips, and when I had speaking engagements, we would uh, travel together. And so that meant we weren't making as much money. But we realized we were in a season that both of us trying to maximize our incomes every single month really didn't work for us, and it wasn't necessary. I know that's not everyone's circumstance, but you have to ask yourself what's meaningful and what's urgent. And ultimately, what we figured out is we did a time chart for him, and we realized that 
he was spending almost half of his time away from home because his job was traveling. And we didn't know what to do about it because you know, he'd go get another job, but it would still be flying people around. And we just began praying about it. And it took over two years. And just a few months ago, we had one of our big breakthroughs from this project, which is my husband um, landed a great new job, which is all about work-life balance. And he's still in aviation, but he's not flying, and he's home every single day. So what we realized is we had to get more intentional in understanding what season we were in and what changes we needed to make. So this, for me, has been very, very, very personal. And as we talk about some of the various, um, you know, as the the seasons of our life, as you put it, kind of like generationally, you have uh, small children at home still, and a lot of people in your position are feel like they're so busy just trying to stay afloat, they might not have time for that reflection. Whereas maybe someone that's later in life, an empty nester or something, that's usually when we take the time to have that reflection. But you seem to like you had it early in life. You recognized the path of your family life and your own career and your husband's career and made that decision early. I wish it was early in life. <laughs> it doesn't feel very early. Um, our kids are between 5 and 14. I have two bonus daughters that are 12 and 14. My son's 5. I'm 46. And so a part of my, when I talk about the struggle with time, is that I found myself at 36, divorced without kids, which was not my vision. And so while I had spent the early part of my life feeling like I was doing things so quickly, finishing college early, starting a business early, writing my first book at 26, at 36 I found the thing that I most wanted hadn't come together, and then my biological clock was ticking. So for me, and I think this is important for everyone, you have to decide what's meaningful. And stopping to reflect and to say, is this how I need to be spending my time right now, is super important. So a very simple way to coach yourself whenever you're making decisions about your time is to say, is this meaningful or is it a false urgency? Because people and, you know, the digital world will make you feel like everything is super urgent. (laughs) And oftentimes the things that, you know, we kind of take the bait and those things that feel urgent really aren't all that urgent. And the things that can feel like, oh, it can wait, like making sure every night you are spending some time with your kids, for example, before they go to bed or as a couple, or time for your own self-care and quiet time, that can feel like, ah, that can wait. But that's when you get the answers you need about how you really need to be spending your time. And And we're not talking about, you know, hours of our time. Oftentimes, it's just stopping for a moment to take a deep breath and reflect. And you can then redirect your time in very meaningful ways. Right. Well, gosh, that just rings so true. I mean, you think about just the our, our phones every day pinging us with notifications from different yes. platforms all day long. Sometimes <laughs> we don't get the notifications we need. <laughs> That's right. And, you know, the notifications are a great example of the false urgency, right? And And taking like five minutes to say, what notifications do I have on my phone that, you know, these apps aren't that important. I don't need, quote unquote, breaking news notifications. I don't need a notification every time I get a social media comment. Turning those things off sounds simple, but those distractions 
are major. Um, you know, the research shows that it often takes us 10 to 15 minutes to get back to where we were after we have a distraction, whether it's a coworker walking up to our desk or notification that leads us to read a story. So, you know, we have to be really intentional about that. One of my favorite tips in the book when I talk about experiments is something I call phone space, just creating phone space. And the analogy I like is that, you know, our phone, it's like we're in a relationship with our phone oh, yeah. and everything is there. And so think about that. If you've ever had one of those relationships where somebody really crowds your space <laughs> and you're like, I just need some space, you know, literally create physical space. When you need to focus, put your phone in another room and say, okay, in, in an hour, I'll come back and check it. Um, what I'll do when I'm writing, for example, is the people closest to me, I'll say, my phone is being turned off right now, or it's going to be in the car, in the garage, or somewhere else. So if you really need me, you know, call the landline, or if you really need me, come find me, or if you really need me, wait for an hour, and I'll check my phone. But we have to create that space because it really can become addictive and distracting. So creating that space for yourself sounds like one way in which your life has changed. You talked about your husband's uh, new job and another way your life has changed. How else has living timelessly changed your life? What has it brought you in terms of creative um, you know, passion and, and a creative fire or abundance or uh, what has it brought you? This book has literally changed my life. And I, I knew it would because when I felt led to write a book about time for me, it was almost like a joke. <laughs> like the, the person who's the recovering procrastinator, whose biological clock was ticking, who, you know, has raced through life, is going to write this book about time. And I realized, look, this is the book I need, and I know a lot of other people need it too. So it has changed a lot of things. So um, one very simple thing that it's changed is that we decided to create key markers as a family that let us know that we're using our time in a timeless way. And when I say timeless, all that means is that what you're doing doesn't just matter right now, but it'll matter a year from now. It'll matter 20 years from now. These are the memories you're creating. This is the stuff that will lead you towards the life that you really want. And so one of our key markers is that we watch the sunset at night. That, that means that we've slowed down enough to stop, and we might do it for just one minute. Um, it's gotten to the point where my five-year-old, if I'm you know, so busy putting the dishes away, will say, hey, mommy, it's time for us to go watch the sunset. Mm. And it's a moment to just take a deep breath, and we literally just look at it. Oh, what are the colors tonight? We've noticed that when there are clouds, the sunset's more beautiful because there's, you know, there's more texture in the sky. That sounds so like simple, but for us, it's a way to slow down. It's a way to just savor. So your key marker could be something else. It could be that you stop in the mornings for 10 minutes just to sit and pray. It could be that you take a bubble bath a couple of times a week, which means, you know what, you had to slow down. It's a lot slower than a shower. So find those simple things for you that allow you to simply feel like you're taking more control of your time um, and, and more time for you. But one of the big things that happened for us is as we did our experiments, we slowed down a bit, and as we slowed down, um, we stumbled upon a property that was just a few miles from us, literally less than four miles. And we weren't planning to move. <laughs> 
But this property had a feature that my husband told me he dreamed of before we got married. I don't know where I saw it. I think I was on Facebook. I've never figured out who posted this house. But the house is in a community that shares um, an airstrip. And like I said, my husband's a pilot. So he had told me his dream was a house with an airstrip. I emailed it to him like, oh, hey, this exists, because I thought that was a crazy dream. (laughs) And lo and behold, I mean, weeks and weeks passed. I didn't realize my husband kept driving by it. And finally, we went and looked at it. And it's a horse farm. I had had a dream in my 20s that one day I would I would live kind of in the country but near a big city and have horses. My husband grew up with horses. Wow. And so we ended up moving. But the only reason was because we had taken some time to slow down and in slowing down we reconnected with our own dreams. And it wasn't like the dream was far away. Like I said it wasn't even mm-hmm. 4 miles away. Um, but our house faces west, so we look at the sunset. The kids get to enjoy the horses. I have a garden. <laughs> I mean, it's been it's been life changing uh, for us. But it happened in part because we slowed down. Right. Wow, that's a great. Those are great stories. I mean, to to feel that connection to a place like that that's that's a gift. You talk about in your book the designers of all of this digital technology and the way yeah. that they control us with this technology, controlling our time, controlling our boundaries. How do we yeah. not only win the war for our attention for ourselves, but help our our children, our young people in our lives to do the same? One of the hardest things. <laughs> One of the hardest answers to this is that we have to lead by example. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's hard, right? When you have your phone all the time, it's hard to tell your kids that they need to limit their screen time. So it's making a commitment that um, you're going to take control of your habits. And that can start with very simple little things. For example, we have a no-tech period when everybody's first home, we don't put our phones at the table when we're eating dinner because dinner time is a time to connect. And that means holding each other accountable. If you need to have some kind of consequence, for example, like whoever can't, you know, do the no tech period, cleans the dishes and puts them away, you Um, you know, make a game out of it. Don't make it where, you know, we're beating each other up because we all struggle. Um, with these things. And what we have to recognize is there really is a war for your attention. I mean, advertisers literally pay more for advertising to sites that have um, what they call more time on site. This is how advertising rates are, are determined online. You know, how long are your visitors staying on? And so they are purposely trying to figure out how to keep you there longer and longer and longer. So even if you don't realize there's a war for your attention, there is. And so you've got to do those very intentional things um, that allow you to take control rather than others having control of your time. You know, I ask this of um, all of my guests. How do you stay creative in your own life? Make sure your personal care is a priority and you're a busy wife, a busy mother, busy businesswoman. Um, how do you, what do you do to replenish that creative well? Well, I try to set very strong time boundaries. That doesn't mean I do it perfectly, but I do it. And I, I don't give up when I mess up. I think that's really huge. I think a lot of times it's just like, you know, eating habits. <laughs> you 
feel like, well, I tried, mm-hmm. but, you know, I couldn't resist the cupcake. The diet's over. <laughs> um, you know, being able to give yourself um, the grace to mess up, but having the perseverance and tenacity to say, well, messing up doesn't mean giving up. So I'm waking up again today and I'm doing it, doing it again. So when I say time boundaries, I mean when you have decided this is my family time, be serious about that. Put the phone away, put the laptop away, and fully focus in those moments because we're living in a time where we're doing a little bit of everything all the time, and so we never go deep with anything. Um, and our minds weren't created in that way. Even if we look at the the research, the you know about um, you know how our brains function. Um, so much of the way that we operate today in multitasking actually takes away from our our ability to be creative, um, our ability to be able to focus. So going deep, I think, is extremely important. Um, I take a lot of walks, <laughs> you know, even in my office. I mean, today I you know probably took about a thirty minute uh, walk, and I keep my phone with me and use it in a very strategic way. When I'm taking those walks, ideas come to me. I dictate them into my notes, and then I email them to myself. Um, So a lot of times it really is about recognizing that the creativity requires some alone time. It also requires rest. Rest is a really powerful tool for being more creative because when your brain has that downtime, that's when a lot of the creative ideas kind of rise to the surface. Boy, isn't that true? When you've had a a good, for me, it's a good night's sleep and a walk, a hike in a forest. If I can get to a forest, (laughs) then I've got all kinds of ideas. Have you heard of the concept of forest bathing? Uh, Oh, I've done podcasts on it. Absolutely. I love the concept. Um, Shinrin, Shinrin Yoku, I think it's called, it's what it's called in Japanese. Yeah. I love, I love the concept of forest bathing. It's all the green out there really does. It does something to you as a human being and, and really does help those creative juices flow. Not only that, but just kind of set your mind at ease. It's almost, um, it's prayerful. It's, it's beautiful. It is. It's beautiful. In my office right now, I'm looking out, and I'm literally surrounded by trees. We live outside Atlanta, which uh, Atlanta was actually built into a forest. I think we have more trees than any metro area in the U.S. And so, you know, I, I was born in Florida. I'm, I'm a beach girl, and I have transformed and learned to really appreciate trees. But anytime you have a chance to get outside and to be in nature, it's a wonderful chance to just reconnect is absolutely. All right, so what do your clients need most these days? When you are coaching clients and and they are discussing with you their needs, um, you know, whether it's career or personal, what are they really striving for, reaching for? What do they need? I think most people are trying to, even if they don't realize it to some degree, overcome their fear. You know, most almost all the time what I'm helping people with is in some way getting unstuck. You know, when we're talking about time, it's getting unstuck from time poverty. So many people are in time debt today, and they don't know how to get out. But um, oftentimes it's, you know, I've got this goal or I've got this vision. Either I'm afraid to make a leap because I'm afraid of what I'm going to have to leave behind or I don't have a, a good plan. So really helping them understand what the fear is about and then being able to address that, which I think is really powerful. And, you know, fear is one constant that we all have in common. (laughs) 
you know, we tend to think it's unique mm-hmm. to us, and it's not. I mean, when you step out of your comfort zone, you're uncomfortable because you're right. not in your comfort zone anymore. So I try to keep people reminded of how natural it is to feel fear, but that we don't have a spirit of fear. And that means that we have to walk in courage, that we have to be able to be bold and courageous and to feel fear and not allow that to stop us from from speaking up, from stepping out, from doing the things that we really need to do. A term that you used, I'd I'd like you to define it if you could, time poverty. Tell us what that is. Yeah, so so my whole journey in writing It's About Time started with reading an article (laughs) a few years ago about time poverty in the New York Times. I um, have a real passion for talking to people about getting out of debt because I, at one point, had um, racked up a lot of credit card debt. And so that process of digging out was huge for me. And it was a lot of my fear, my insecurities around why I was spending money I didn't have and so forth. So I'm very passionate about that because I feel like, you know, when you get out of debt, there's a lot of freedom to that. It's part of how I was able to follow my dream and take a leap and start a business. So when I discovered that there was this other kind of debt that I was unaware of, I mean, I was just like, whoa, what? So time poverty is this idea that we keep accumulating time debt. We're making commitments for things we're going to do. We don't have time to do them now. I'm going to do them in the future. And we just, it's like we're sinking. We're committed to more and more and more. We can't get it all done. And it is exhausting. And a lot of people can really relate to it. And, and part of it, I really believe, has to do with the changes in technology over time. Our expectations are so much higher than they used to be, and it's not just us. It's our employers. It's our culture. We expect things to happen so quickly um, that, you know, we say, oh, this is going to save time. But we don't really save time. What we do is... Yeah, we're, we we have expectations that we're doing things in shorter time, and then we fill up the save time with more expectations. And it's stressful, and it is perpetual, and it's dangerous. And if we don't recognize it um, and really recognize the fact that this new normal is not natural, we will find ourselves basically using our time in ways that really aren't all that meaningful and, and look back and realize we missed out. Wow. This new normal is not natural. Yeah. I like that quote. Um, So you're going to be coming to Sacramento here soon. And uh, and what is the message you'd like to convey? You're going to be meeting a lot of a lot of people of different generations, but a lot of young people in particular. Uh, What would you like to talk to them about? Well, you know, all of us are here for a reason. If you're still here, there's a reason that you're here. And we've all got a purpose. And our job in life is figuring out what is it? How do I get about the business of living it? And how do I overcome the obstacles and the fears that are going to pop up on my path? So, you know, my mission is inspiring people, women in particular, to live more fulfilling lives. And so I'm going to be talking to them about that message and what I've been talking to you about. You know, how do you live timelessly? How do you do the things that really, really, really matter and avoid all those temptations and distractions that we're bombarded with today. 
Love it. Valerie Burton, thank you so much for your time. Author of It's About Time, The Art of Choosing. Can't wait to meet you in person and so glad you spent some time with me today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to coming out to Sacramento. I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Valerie Burton, author of It's About Time, The Art of Choosing. She will be in Sacramento for an event at the end of the month. It's called The Selfie Event. And I will post a link if you're interested in more information on that as I post this show. By the way, uh, what I'm reading now, it's a great book. I want to share it with you because I want to try to get this guy on the podcast. It's called Lifespan, Why We Age and Why We Don't Have To. It's by David Sinclair. Now, he is a Harvard PhD. He studies genetics and aging. Fascinating book, particularly if you're kind of a science geek, because there's a lot of science in the book. I'm reaching out to him to get him on the show to talk about how we keep our telomeres long, enhance our cancer-fighting genes, and live healthier lives. And don't forget to check out each morning the KFBK Morning News on News 93.1 FM. Sam Shane and I are there every weekday from 5 a.m. until 9 a.m. We're going deeper into stories and topics, more relevance, context, so many perspectives. You can also find that show daily on your iHeartRadio app. Just do a search for KFBK. Thanks so much to my sponsors, New Age Ariel and New Age Designs. Reach out anytime and thank you so much for listening. This has been A Fresh Agenda. I'm Christina Mendonca. Talk to you soon and let's stay connected. Conversations to connect your productivity and creativity. This is A Fresh Agenda.